Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. I'm going to turn my computer down for a minute because it wasn't fired up. Meanwhile, on a U.S. military base somewhere in the South Pacific. Hey, Sergeant. Hey, Lieutenant. Sure is a nice day, huh? Sure is. Hey, what's that? Where? Up there. In the sky. It's a plane. Is that a plane from China? It is. It's a Chinese warplane. And it looks like it's dropping something. Is that it? it it's gluten. Ah, it's gluten. And it's going to kill all of us. Ah! Run for your lives. Oh, the humanity. Hey, America, do not serve. How you like a fresh scoop of gluten to cool your bowels with indigestion? Ho, 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 I'm not afraid of Kim Jong Un. I'm not afraid of Vladimir Putin. The only thing in the universe that scares me is gluten. So call up the National Guard. Call up the Army Rangers. This fight is gonna be hard, but we can't leave our bells in danger. Stop what you're doing now and clean all your cupboards out. Please don't stop until all your food is gluten free. And tell all the bakeries that there will be anarchy. We won't shop until everything is gluten free. Oh, Ramon, listen to this story. Are you ready? Hold on, load up the computer. Oh, we're almost there, Ramon. We're almost there. Hold on, let's. We have to test something here. Yeah, here we go. All right. Let's dial up. Everyone's in there. Let me see here. All right. Go to that folder. Go to that. This is live radio, folks. You won't see this. is behind the scenes. We could cover all this up with awesomeness, but we choose instead. Ah, oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's see. Turn it up, Ramon. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's it. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. Let's see. Load that right there. You see, this lock goes into this. I had to start my computer every day. That's, this is a very high-tech show. A 100-year-old woman sets a new 100-yard dash world record for centenarians. She finished with a time of 1 minute 17 seconds. Ramon <laughs> said, is she half horse? It happened at the Penn Rallies in Philadelphia over the weekend when 100-year-old Ida Kelling fixed the mixed 
Masters race in finished the mixed Masters race in record time. Keeling says it was wonderful. I'm very happy to offer all of this crowd a nice example of what you can do for yourself, and I thank God every day for my blessings. Over the years, Keeling has set multiple age group records in the hundred meter dash. Keeling says she exercises every day and eats for nutrition, not for taste. I need no one to live, lady. Keeling celebrated the world record by doing five push-ups on the infield. Step back with your bad self after the race. She just knocked out five push-ups, Ramon. Ida ran. <laughs> Ramon says she's superwoman. Ida ran the race against nine others, all 80 or older. She smoked them. Oh, no, she didn't. 80-year-old Ed Cox won the race at 1785. 80-year-old man ran a 100-yard dash in, uh, in less than 18 seconds. That's pretty impressive. Keeling was ninth, some 30 seconds behind the second-to-last runner, and all eyes were on her. The 34,000 in attendance rose to their feet during the race, but Keeling most likely didn't hear the cheering because her daughter took out her hearing aids to prevent her from becoming distracted by the noise. How about that, Ramon? You get to be 100 years old, you got to think about stuff like this. Grandma, we're going to take your hearing aids out. Huh? How come? Well, we don't want you to get stressed out because they're going to be cheering and hooting and hollering. Here we go. We first met Ida Keeling at 95. Five years later, she set a new record and an example. She's forever young. So you were 80 years old here. That's right. That was Buffalo. Ida Keeling began running marathons when she was 67. In her apartment, she showed me her training secrets, her bike, her weights. Her fighting spirit came early. You lost your husband when he was just 42. Mm -hmm. What do you think he would say today? He'd be very happy. And I think he would say, gee, maybe I should have listened to you long ago. We started listening as she showed us another secret. So, Ida, you actually run in the hallways? Of course. Show me. Where else am I going to go run? We were off. So this is... How much further do you go? Five years later, she's gone a lot farther. We're at Franklin Field for the at the starting line. In lane further, three, sir, further. Ida Keeling. You read that right. One hundred years old. Number nineteen, Ida, was off. Everyone on their feet upstairs in the stand, trying to break the record for the one hundred meter dash. Across the finish line, in right there waiting, her daughter, and a world record. At 100 years old, finishing after 1 minute 17 seconds. That is a winner. Her arms in the air as we remember what she told us when we first met her. I just close my eyes and say, count your blessings, Ida, count your blessings. Wow. What a story, huh? What a story, Ramon. You know, I always thought it'd be great to live to be 100 so you could come up with crazy stuff that you could claim was the reason you lived to be 100? That's not my idea originally. It's Pat Oswalt's. I, like, well, I don't like reading the obituaries, but I, I read the obituaries a lot because it just seems to me that people that write the obituaries either want to be PR people or they're failed PR people, and they, you know, they're trying to keep it going. Hey, look, I spun death. Uh, for instance, in... The obituaries, no one ever dies of cancer. People always give in after a valiant battle with cancer or they throw in the towel after a courageous fight, which statistically that can't be possible. There had to have been a couple of cowardly ordeals in there, you know what I mean? Like, 
Bob Smith died today after a craven, cowardly ordeal with cancer, during which he wished the disease on his family and friends and attempted a pact with Satan, which left his basement covered in goat's blood and four boxes of chalk needlessly wasted trying to summon a demon who never appeared. A few mourners who showed up at his funeral had a hard time not giggling. Good riddance. My other big obituary fear is when I die, they'll have my picture and then they always have underneath it in quotes, he loved to laugh. Oh, he loved to laugh. Well, that doesn't tell you anything. Everybody loves to laugh. You're laughing. That's like saying he hungered for food so often in his life. He got these insane cravings. He'd try to give it up. He'd have a big breakfast and say, that's it, cold turkey. And then at lunch, he'd want some cold turkey. It was pathetic. Battled it alongside of his sleep addiction. Oh, that sleep addiction was a monkey on his back. He'd go 18, 20 hours, but sooner or later, he'd look for a bed to lie down in, as the crazy sleep junkies would say in that weird street lingo of theirs. Although I can't think of anything creepier than watching someone laugh who hates to laugh. How disturbing would that look? Like you tell them a joke and they're like, <laughs> oh, laughter! Oh! Southern Pride, Southern Fried, The Michael Berry Show. Something you did that you got away with. Preferably in high school, but if it's really good, it can be since then. It's a lightning round. Lightning. 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 Eric, go ahead. I stole the teacher's edition of the Algebra 2 book. I uh, smoked my entire senior year in the bathroom, never got caught, and I got to third base in uh, the band hall one time. Oh, my goodness, Eric. You were a busy little feller. Daryl, go. Lost my virginity, my dad's ex-girlfriend. Excuse me? Lost my virginity to my dad's ex-girlfriend. How old was she? Uh, 40-something. How old were you? Uh, 18, just graduated high school. Oh, my goodness. Where did this happen? At her house. How did you end up at her house? I was invited. By her? Yeah. 
Oof. Did you know why you were going over there? Well, we did a uh, jog and a bike ride first, and I thought I was showing her around the neighborhood, and she showed me around. <laughs> was she still your dad's girlfriend at the time? No, they had broken up. Was that the only time? Yes. Oh, my. Ramon. Wow. Bob, you're up. Go. Uh, the rival high school. When they would have parties, I'd sing my dad's patrol car out. We'd go over there and turn on the lights and siren just to watch everybody run. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good right there. Where? Where? What was the rival high school? Oh, that's the statute of limitation ain't up yet. I was leaving it alone. Oh, I got you. All right. Still a good story. Ronnie, go. I turned a shoebox full of baby armadillos loose on the third floor when the 8 o'clock bell rang in the morning. They left a stream of crap all the way to the basement. Girls screaming. It was hilarious. That's a pretty good one. I must go. That's creative. Denny, go. Uh when I was in high school, two buddies of mine and I broke into the high school the first day of uh, spring break. It was a Saturday night. Uh, made hamburgers, swam throughout the school. One of them even peed in the middle of the logo of the bas- basketball court. And uh, the next week, the uh, star uh, basketball team went over and got busted because the cops were waiting for them. Oh, you know, we used to break into the high school. I don't know why that was such a, I guess that was, you know, that that was the establishment. That was authority. But we used to break into the high school. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's cool. And just being inside, we thought, man, look at how smart we are. Uh, Buddy, no, hold on. Buddy, you're up. Go. Hey. Yeah, I hope God forgives me and my parents never caught me, but... uh, me and my buddy, he's gone now. Uh, I don't know if he made it into heaven or not, but we used to go to a church over in the neighborhood. Had us a little deal going on. We uh, cut their gas lines, and we were still gasoline to go to town and ride around on the weekend. And uh, I was hoping I get forgiven by the good Lord. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Ramon, it has come to my attention that Boomhauer is the is our listener. Just every listener is Boomhauer. Jim, you're up. Go. I nailed my babysitter <laughs> and uh, my high school English teacher. Not at the same time, but uh, it was really my brother's babysitter, I guess. My parents didn't trust me with him. 
Make how sure, how old were you? I was 12 when I uh, nailed a babysitter. She was 14. She <laughs> lived across the street, so it was... Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, real convenient. And what, what about the English teacher? Uh, I think she was in her late 20s, early 30s. I was 17. Ooh. It only happened one time. She told me I'd have to wait till I turned 18. By that time, I'd done moved and changed schools and never saw her again. I had to just go with the high school girls. <laughs> See, that was going on when we were alive, Ramon. We just didn't know it. Pete, go. Uh, I killed a bunch of people once. Really? Pete? <laughs> you believe him? Tim, go. Michael, you're the greatest. Hey, uh, I went to a private uh, Jesuit high school in Indianapolis and uh, graduated in 1978. We got hold of the master key uh, from the drunk first period teacher, and for the whole senior year, we would get in the, on printing day when they printed the exams, and we would get copies of them, and then we would sit around and answer all the questions, and I would miss a few to make it look good, and I increased my GPA by one point. Which was which was very good at the time. I needed that extra point to get into a good good school. So uh, that was my story. You know, before the age of cameras, there was a guy named Clay Dorman, and Clay there was something wrong with Clay. I don't know what it was, but everybody liked Clay. And he, but he had issues. He had emotional issues and developmental issues. But Clay carried with him like a maintenance man or janitor. He carried a hoop full of keys. And Clay had keys to everything, and you knew it. It was like a running gag that, you know, if something got broken into, you knew that Clay probably did it. But he, he really didn't mean any harm. He'd just forget to lock things up. But if you needed keys to anything, Clay would have the key. Clay was about four years older than us because used to you could stay in school till you were 21. But if you So we had people in high school that, you know, be 20 years old, and, and still that, that, that was Clay. Everybody loved Clay. Tom, go. Yeah, Mike, we used to work in a grocery store. We'd take a lid off the peanut butter or the ice cream, take a toothpick, and make a little message in there. <laughs> Screw the lid back on. They wouldn't know they got home. <laughs> Derek, go. Yes, sir. When I was in high school, my two best friends, Jeff and Chad, and I were hanging out behind the AMC movie theater in the Willowbrook area. And you know how they have those big switches, those big giant switches in your they usually have the padlock through the two holes to make it where you can't flip it. Uh, well, I flipped it, and everything, the whole theater went dark, and we probably laughed for the next hour and a half. I should have gone to jail. It was terrible. <laughs> Isn't it funny the things that you found so amusing at that time? Scott, go. Uh, high school at Algebra three teacher. We were going to fail horribly, so instead of taking the final, we just bought him a handle of crown, left it in his desk, turned in two blank tests, pointed at his drawer, ended up with a C. <laughs> you didn't ask for much. It wasn't like you were trying to get an A out of the deal, right? Call or go. Hello? Yeah. Oh, when I was in high school, our class elected a fictitious class president. None of us ever got caught. Everybody was in on it. They, The principal and everybody printed the ballot. They had no idea it was non-existent. They counted the ballot, and um, the principal came on the on the intercom and said we were going to have to have a recount. But I think his name was Lance Allen or something like that. And I've never heard of any other any other class electing a fictitious class president. Y'all were downright crazy. Jeff, go. Yeah, Mike, one time I went to school drunk, and I thought I was 
smart and could pull it off. I thought nobody knew, you know, and I guess word got out amongst the teachers. The uh, principal came to my first class. And he uh, he said, I need to see you outside, sir. So I went outside and he said, hey, son, you been drinking? I said, no, sir, absolutely not. Can't you see that it's just raining? There ain't no need to go outside. But baby, you hardly even notice when I try to show you. Song is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to. Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep. Make you banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now. Pretend it all the time. Can't you see that it's just raining? Ramon, here it is. There ain't no need to go outside. This is this is the new product. This you know, you laugh. But this will help a lot of people in our listening audience. We have a lot of people out there that drive <clears throat> all day long. And this is gonna be this is gonna be the, the deal for them. If you've ever been stuck in traffic or got caught short, this could be the device you're looking for. While it's far from the most glamorous of devices, the makers of this reusable urine bag claim it could end hours of misery. In fact, they claim the He We Go Active. It's called the He We Go Active. Is the ideal solution for any man who needs to relieve himself without actually going to the bathroom because it can be put on in the morning and worn all day. You remember when old girl went to Florida to kill her rival? And, well, we don't know if she was going to kill her. She just brought duct tape and... Uh, handcuffs and gloves. And we don't know if she's going to kill her. She she might have just intended to torture her for 10 years or so. In fact, they claim the HeWeGo Active is the ideal solution for any man who needs to relieve himself without actually going to the bathroom because it can be put on in the morning and worn all day. The jock strap-like device allows the wearer to insert his penis into one of three different-sized condom-like sheets. He can then urinate through a small tube into the washable and tear-resistant plastic bag, which can apparently hold nearly a pint's worth of liquid. Now, I know the girls and the metrosexuals out there are going, gross. I think this is fantastic. If I was driving a truck, Ramon, and I needed... I. I Six was 18 wheels and a dozen roses. You're trying to get home and you don't want to have to keep stopping. I've got a, I've got a bladder the size of a peanut and I have to pee constantly and to be able to drive and just let her rip whenever you want. Like a little, I mean, you gotta admit, you gotta admit July Augustus is happy. Whenever he wants to pee, he just pees. He doesn't have to wait. He doesn't. Most of my life is trying to figure out how I can find a spot to pee wherever I am. If I'm driving, I'm, I'm I'm in traffic, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you go to India, Ramon, 
you're driving along the road, people just they just get out and pee. They don't care. Or they're they're walking. They just pee. They'll they'll usually turn their back to you. But that this idea that you have to be in a closed up place, they just pee everywhere, anywhere, anytime. The fluid collection bag is strapped to the thigh or the leg, and the urine is directed there with a flexible surgical tube connected to the sheath. A spokesman for the company said, quote, The He We Go Active fits securely onto the wearer, and unlike medical urination systems, can be washed and reused again and again. It comes with an adjustable support belt of up to 40 inches, but for those with a larger waist, not that there's anything wrong with that, they can order a 10-inch extension strap. Oh, you're fat? Well, you're going to pay a little fee for it. There are three different size sheaths measuring 30, 35, and 40 millimeters, which they call the Asian white and black versions. I don't know why they what, – what's – what that was I don't even know what a millimeter is. What what is how much is a millimeter, Ramon? I figure I need a big one. Which which let's see which one I guess. Thirty, thirty-five, and forty millimeters. Ramon, can you ask can you ask um whatever happened to peeing in a good old fashioned Gatorade? You ever done that, Ramon? You ever been driving along? I had man, I did it. It wasn't that long ago. I was on 290. I was stuck. There was no way I was getting out. There was an accident, and they they'd taken the exit ramp off, and I'm. What's that in the background? Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> I I couldn't think straight, and I I I needed to go for a while. So this was already pretty bad. That is never a pleasant. That is never a pleasant thing. Because it's so hard to get the whole thing done without leaking everywhere else. This is this this is yet another example. You know what happened here? I'm gonna tell you what happened. Whoever invented this is a delivery driver that gets stuck in traffic and has to go and couldn't bear it anymore and at one point had to let go and but think about all the people that could benefit from this, Ramon. People with bladder cancer that lose control, people with any of the uh, the male uh, urinary tract problems where you got leakage and, and all that sort of stuff, people after uh, kidney stones that have all sorts of problems with that, as I said, long-haul drivers, because you, some of those spots going on the way to New Mexico, Ramon, I don't know if you've ever made that drive, but you get out on 10 – there's some spots out there you don't want to break down. Of course, you could pee, but there's there's no place for you to to pull over and get a drink. You better be you better know what you're doing. You better be gassed up. I mean, they have signs, you know, no stops for whatever it is, sixty, seventy. It's quite a distance you get out there. But if you're an eighteen wheeler, you don't know what's on the side of the road, and you're out there and you're driving through the night. Ramon, who else can you think might need might be able to use this fine product, the He We Go? What is it called again? You'll try it. You'll 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 take one for the Hiwi Go Active. I'm wondering, other than automobiles, who else might be able to use something? Oh, Ted Cruz could use it for the filibuster. Rand Paul could use it for the filibuster. This would be fantastic for the filibuster. 
and then you could you'd have to watch their faces because you'd never know when they're peeing, but you knew if he's up there for twenty hours, he peed at some point, and you'd have to watch their face for like July has that you know his face gets happy. See, this is a Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, this is the marketplace responding to real needs. This is the Michael Berry Show. Got a picture of your house And you're standing by the door It's black and white and faded And it's looking pretty warm I see the factory that it worked So you in the back Memories are great, but man, they're really coming back. I don't need to be the king of the world. As long as I'm the hero of this little girl. What year did this song come out with? It had to be. It was about the time I was a senior in high school. When you hear a song like this, do you go back to who you were at the moment the song could be too? I can't hear this song as a 45-year-old. I want to croon my heart out as a heartbroken 18-year-old laying with the phone next to my pillow. All right, good night. Hang up. No, you hang up. You first. No, you. Shut up, guys. You know you did it. Try to make fun of me. You did it. You were 18, you little punk. Like I'm going soft. You did it too, and you know you did. You hang up. No, you first. I'm not going to do it. You. Okay, I'm going to hang up. All right. You still there? Why didn't you hang up? Because you said you were going to hang up. Remember those days, Ramon? That's what these songs do for me. (laughs) Man, it's hard for kids today to even appreciate. Having to call over and get through their dad to get to them. God, that was... Kids should have to do that because that's a skill. <laughs> Hello? Uh, hi. <clears throat> is Win- is Wendy there? You're trying to be the least horned up dude you can be because you're like, I want to get with your daughter. I really want to get with your daughter, but you don't want them to know that. And you don't think they know. And they know because they were getting with their father-in-law's daughter long before you existed. Is um is Wendy there? Who's this? Um, 
Ramon? Ramon. Okay. All right. Wendy, it's Ramon. Oh, I made it. Made it. The worst is, no, Wendy's not here. Okay. Because then you got that challenge. Do I ask how long before she's back? Because you, you call back again and she's still not there. That's a bad one because he's not going to pass the message. He's not He's not sharing the message. You really want her to pick up. That, that's where you say, look, I'm going to call you at 8 o'clock. Phone ring. Hello. They pick that thing up fast so the rest of the family won't know. <laughs> you call back and, no, Wendy's still not here. She'll call you when she gets home. But she won't. You know she won't, old man. You're lying to me. Or the one you don't like, Wendy can't come to the phone. Okay, I get the, I get the sense from your tone. I probably shouldn't ask beyond that one. Lou Amundsen, a non-starting forward for the New York Knicks, is wearing a French braid. Now, before you criticize. He chose to sport the French braid as a way of honoring the people of France and the victims of the Paris attacks on November 13, 2005. Is he French? I don't know. I don't follow pro basketball like I used. I used to be nuts over it. I just don't follow it anymore. Of course, basketball season doesn't start for me till the Super Bowl is over. So a man braid, they're calling it. Even GQ is begging folks not to follow this trend. We're going out on a limb here, albeit a very sturdy one, and let you know that this trend cannot and will not ever truly take the place of our most beloved novelty male hairdo. And what is that? They don't say. They just show men with with braids. I can do without the men with braids, Ramon. I can do without the men with braids. I think we've posted it by now. If we haven't, it'll be up in just a moment. But it's going to be what I hope is your favorite video today. Two thugs in South Carolina try to rob a barbershop. Two thugs walk into a black barbershop. When I say a black barbershop, the barbershop itself is not black. The people inside are black. But we'll call that a black barbershop, and you'll know what I mean. Well, it turns out there are two CHL holders in there. One of them is getting his hair cut. Well, the robbery goes like this. The thugs walk in, and they go person to person. They steal everything everybody has. And then, and you see all this very clearly on the video, as they are walking back out, they can probably rip off a few more things on the way out. One of the guys who's up in the chair midway down the down the midway through the the barbershop, it's traditional kind of a shotgun style, long, lean, long thin. You see him put his hand up under that that uh, black cape and pull out and step up and unload. Bow, bow, bow. He puts at least three shots in this guy. He puts three, four rounds in this dude who just drops. Well, his buddy was so loyal, he just turns tail. They haven't caught him yet. He's probably still running. Video from the Fort Jackson Boulevard Barbershop. You know we're putting in a barbershop at the RCC, Ramon. 
Yeah, we just we just submitted the plans. Yes, indeed. Everything, straight shaves, you name it, Ramon. Whatever you need. That no, no perms. We're not doing perms. It's not you don't do perms at a barbershop. The video from the Fort Jackson Boulevard barbershop. By the way, it's going to be called Diamond Bills. Yeah, for Billy Stagner. Because they, yeah, Diamond Bills Barbershop. Shows a pair of masked men entering the place and ordering the barbers to the ground while making the men get their haircut. The men who are getting their haircut raise their hands. And that's just awful. You're getting your haircut already. You're kind of already not in your strongest position. You're trying to watch the TV and keep the conversation going, and then you've got to put your hands up like that. The two robbers were, of course, armed. In the video, you see one of the men who's getting his haircut slowly reach under the cape for his concealed gun. Pulls it, opens fire on one of the robbers. The wounded robber runs from the barbershop and collapses outside. He was taken to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. The investigators say one of the robber's guns was reported stolen from a South Columbia home in 2012. One of the barbers, Chauncey Harris, says, he smacked me in the back of my head, and I said, okay, it's probably when he's going to shoot me now. Just send an example and walk out the door with the money. That's when everybody else pulled their pistol. That's when the other two pulled their pistols out and put him down. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Corral case of the disgruntled employee. I'm an employee at the Golden Corral right here out in Port Orange, Florida. Right now we're currently undergoing an inspection. I'm walking up to the dumpster. Apparently what my company likes to do to get ready for inspections is put their food by the dumpsters. This hamburger meat, look at all these flies. It's disgusting. I'm an employee here, been working here for a long time, and I don't feel that this is right. Daylight out here, dumpster. All you can eat ribs by the dumpster. All you can eat ribs by the dumpster. Green bean casserole, all your patty melts, your pot roast meat, your chicken, your ham, your bacon, gravies. And it's a wonder there aren't more of these out there. Disgruntled employees who film filthy practices 
at restaurants. I really don't know what to say. I mean, I'm telling you this now. I'm scared of my employment. I don't know who to tell. I mean, but I don't want to cook this food. I don't feel safe with it. Now, my management is going to wheel it back into the coolers after the inspection like nothing ever happened. Now, I'm trying to let you know the real story. So, you tell me as a customer, as anybody that has anything to do with Golden Corral, would you eat this food here? Me as an employee, I'm telling you that I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm definitely not now. I will show this to whoever I can to prevent any foodborne illnesses from spreading or anything. Anybody catching diseases or getting really, really sick and possibly being able to die. I mean, because this is how we store our food. Are you kidding me? By the dumpster? Oh, my God. Some restaurants are fantastic. Probably most. And some? It's why I try to eat as much as I possibly can at owner-operated restaurants. If Charles Clark's in the kitchen at uh, Ibiza or Brasserie 19 or Matt Bryce at Federal Grill or John Marion Caraba at Piata, you know, they're not going to get away with that kind of nonsense. I like to go to a place where I know the chef, and they're back there in the kitchen making sure that when whatever comes out to my plate, the food was fresh. It was good quality food. It was prepared properly. It was stored properly. When the chef is the owner and they're sending it out, that's how that works. When, however, it's a major corporate op uh, operation and they don't have those standards in place, then you end up with cases like what happened at Golden Corral. Not to say you can't be a corporate restaurant. My friend Russell Ibarra owns 11 restaurants. He's got cameras on the kitchens. He's got systems in place. They care deeply about the food. And if somebody complains, man, they're going to make it right, even if they were at fault. But I think some of the time, these, these, these big corporations... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Operate these, these mill shops. They're leaving people in there, and they're stuck. I mean, would you like to be the hiring manager? Would you like to be the guy hiring people to work at a fast food restaurant? Can you imagine? Here, here's minimum wage. You could make more sitting at home. Here, stay here for 90 days till you get unemployment. Oh, by the way, make sure the food's taken care of. So we were in our production meeting earlier today. Before producer Kenny went off to the beach with his girlfriend to smoke bowls down there. And we were talking about gross stories of when we all worked in fast food. Except for Justin, because Justin was too prissy to ever work in fast food. Justin was just birthed and then has a nice house. And in between, he didn't have to go anything, do anything difficult. Like me and you, huh, Ramon? But we, we waited tables. We worked in the kitchen. We did, we did the things that everybody needs to have done in their life. And I think waiting tables is one of them because then you, you realize how obnoxious people are. I think working in the kitchen, bussing tables. Oh, my goodness. But we were talking about the gross things that happen in kitchens. And everybody had a good story. And was it Ramon? No, Ramon doesn't come up with good ideas. must have been Producer Kenny. Producer Kenny must have said it. 
Oh, it was you? Oh, Justin said, why don't we have people call in? It has to be a first-person account of the most disgusting thing they ever witnessed in the kitchen of a restaurant. Yeah. you got to tell us what restaurant it was and what exactly happened and what year it was and what city it happened in. The grosser, the better. Hey, y'all. This is Ted Fowler, Jr., CEO of Golden Corral. Here to remind you that we are still the nation's number one preferred choice in mass quantity, day-aged, buffet-style dining. We have a surplus of succulent foods that will stay in your system all day, sometimes weeks after consumption. Many of you may have watched a video on the web where some of our meats were stored outside by the dumpster. Rest assured, we were just barbecuing. No biggie. Try one of our soups with a layer of film over the top. You'll feel like it was made just for you. And our soup bar now features a state-of-the-art sneeze guard. That's fancy. But don't take our word for it. Just listen to what Cousin Eddie has to say about Golden Corral. This bread pudding is extra runny tonight. Golden Corral ain't for everybody. But if you want a low-cost, budget-friendly, but still technically edible, high-caloric meal then Golden Corral is the place for you to eat. So come on down to Golden Corral and bring the whole family. Golden Corral suggests not bringing family members with health problems, pregnant women, young children, the elderly, or people who value their life. 713-212-5874. 713-212-5874. No one admits to going to McDonald's. They sell six billion hamburgers a day. There's only 300 million people in this country. It's like, hmm, I'm not a calculus teacher, but... I think everyone's lying. <laughs> you ever been at McDonald's and you see a friend for a second, you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Eventually you're like, hey, 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 what's going on? And they're just like, I'm just here for the 99 cent ATM. What are you doing here, Jim? I'm just meeting a hooker. <laughs> Certainly not eating here, that's for sure. Yeah, he should be here by now. Because we all know better, right? We've all read the articles, seen those documentaries. It's the same message. Look, McDonald's is really bad for you. It's very high in fat and calories, and we don't even know where the meat comes from. And we're all like, that's disgusting. I'll have a Big Mac, a large fry, and a two-gallon drum of Diet Coke. Because there's a McDonald's denial. And we all embrace it. No one's going in there innocent. We're walking into a red and yellow building with a giant M over it. Was this a library? Wrong. Well, get some fries while I'm here. Congressman Ted Poe here. This is the Michael Berry Show, and that's just the way it is. Starving in Japan, so eat it. Just 
My brother told me a nasty story about a restaurant he once worked at. The biscuit story. Which made me think of Shirley Q. Licker's comments about making biscuits. Hello to all my Macabre friends out there in Louisiana and Oregon, Tennessee, Texas, all the provinces and states in between. How y'all doing? I'm sitting over here burning up, honey. I have worked so hard. I've been over twice and squatted down three times. I'm just had it. I be so hot that my legs be rubbing together. You know, I'm of a certain body mass indexes, and I be chafing. Girl, I went to see Aunt Trixie the other night. She the closest thing in our family to a doctor or RN, anything. She said, baby, just take you a handful of cornstarch, lift your dress up, throw it up in there. Ooh, I said, really? She said, that work, it really do. And I said, well, let me put some flour up in there. Put a little baking soda, a little baking powder, a little, you know, salt and pepper, and one little teaspoon of garlic seasoning. And I said, now I'm sure I'll be cured. And Lord, the next morning I went walking down the street, and guess what I was doing? Dropping biscuits, honey. I looked at like a damn pigeon with some diarrhea. Oh, I felt it like the Pillsbury dough lady. Oh, how ignorant. I just need to be sprayed. I need to be ashamed. Michael Berry preach more on the subject of shame. People really do need to be shamed. I know I was. Y'all tell your mama and them how she doing. Girl, do you have a spray hose or something? Some of you will have seen the movie The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It was first a Broadway musical, and then they made a movie out of it with Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton, Dom DeLuise, Charles Durning. All-star cast. Great movie. Durning has a scene as the governor of the state of Texas. The movie is about a place, uh, if you've ever heard the ZZ Top song, LaGrange, the movie is about a place called Chicken Ranch, about an hour west of Houston. It was a real place, and the Chicken Ranch was out in LaGrange, which is just a little country community, out in the middle of nowhere, in between Houston and Austin. And the chicken ranch was always run. There was a madam who had owned it forever. And there were there were girls of the evening, ladies, shall we call them, that were there for the enjoyment of men who might call upon that particular establishment and conduct business, shall we say. And we once did a show on the chicken ranch. And a number of people called in and they said their dad had taken them there, their papa had taken them, their football coach. Many men had uh, lost their virginity at that particular location. And it was a tradition, an annual tradition. University of Texas and Texas A&M had the finest rivalry, football rivalry in America. Sorry, Louisiana. Sorry, Alabama. But it's true. And it was a longstanding rivalry of over 100 years. And whoever won the team there, that won the game, the big annual game, their alumni would take them to the chicken ranch that night and the the ladies of chicken ranch would entertain them one by one and marvin zindler was uh the quintessential if you've seen anchorman action five news marvin zindler made his name in that case by exposing the chicken ranch and doing great harm to the state of texas in the process we'll talk about that later. but he became rather famous out of the deal and one of his many gimmicks 
which people in Houston love, myself included, was he would get the health reports from the Houston health inspector, and he would read them out on the air. And it would get more and more ridiculous as the years went by, and people ate it up, myself included, no pun intended. And and his bit was which restaurants had slime in the ice machine. This is the honest promo for that. Slime in the ice machine. He said slime in the ice machine. And he would he would then read the reports and he would, you know, and he would he would bark into the TV. And he was an institution in Houston. Every market has their institution. It was Jerry House in Nashville. Uh, you know who it is. Atlanta's had them. Birmingham's had them. Albany's had them. Portland, by the way, five on five in Portland. Five hours of Michael Berry Show starting at 5 o'clock all the way till 10 o'clock Pacific time. The Michael Berry Show is on for five hours each evening on the drive home. Well, Marvin Zindler had this, this famous Friday sign-off. And at the end of every Friday, he would sign off with this, this, this famous, and everyone would wait for it. Have a good weekend, good golf, good tennis, or whatever makes you happy. Marvin Zendler, Eyewitness News. And everybody loved that. He had white hair. I assume it was a wig. He wore blue glasses, big oversized blue glasses. And he wore ridiculous zoot suits of colors of who knows what. He'd had 100 plastic surgeries. His teeth were bright white. But Houston loved him. You couldn't turn him off. And Sheriff Fryer, who in Houston on KTRH, uh, on our morning news here in Houston, she and Dave Ward for years were the evening anchors. And they were the top-rated station. I bet they had more ratings than, the, than number two and three combined. Everybody in Houston watched it. And Marvin Zindler, over the years, his most popular feature was this slime in the ice machine. And you would watch and you would hope that the General Joe's fried chicken that you go to or General Joe's chopstick that you go to or the, the local wonton and uh, bean burrito place that you go to would not be on there. And if it did, they'd see a dip in sales. But in fairness to Marvin, he would also, those that got a good rating from the health, city health inspector, he would give them a blue ribbon award. And this thing was more powerful than the Better Business Bureau. People would display that blue ribbon award because that meant your kitchen had been approved by the city health inspector. It was, it was a great gimmick, and it was great for ratings. Slime in the ice machine. He said slime in the ice machine. And I don't know about you, but I know that kitchens have some filthy things, the ones that don't know what they're doing. Hey, y'all, this is Ted Fowler, Jr., CEO of Golden Correct. Here to remind you that we are still the nation's number one preferred choice in mass quantity, day-aged, buffet-style dining. We have a surplus of succulent foods that will stay in your system all day, sometimes weeks after consumption. Many of you may have watched a video on the web where some of our meats were stored outside by the dumpster. Rest assured, we were just barbecuing. No biggie. Try one of our soups with a layer of film over the top. You'll feel like it was made just for you. And our soup bar now features a state-of-the-art sneeze guard. That's fancy. But don't take our word for it. 
Just listen to what... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cousin Eddie has to say about Golden Corral. This bread pudding is extra runny tonight. Golden Corral ain't for everybody. But if you want a low-cost, budget-friendly, but still technically edible, high-caloric meal, then Golden Corral is the place for you to eat. So come on down to Golden Corral and bring the whole family. Golden Corral suggests not bringing family members with health problems, pregnant women, young children, the elderly, or people who value their life. How about them apples, boy? 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 How about them apples? <laughs> the Michael Berry Show. How about them apples? <laughs> the Michael Berry Show. How about them apples? <laughs> The Michael Berry Show. How about them? Whoa! Whoa! The Michael Berry Show. <laughs> <laughs> this song's called Alice's Restaurant. It's about Alice. But Alice's Restaurant is not the name of the restaurant, that's just the name of the song. And that's why I call the song Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's around the back Just a half a mile from the railroad track And you can get anything you want At Alice's Restaurant That's a good tune right there. Marvin Zendler, Eyewitness News. That was good stuff right there. That was good ratings. Michelle, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead, dear. Okay, well, I have two. One I did and one I saw. Which one would you like to hear? The one you did. All right. It was 1990. I was 21. Acapulco Restaurant in Long Beach, California, on the water. Nice place. You know what? Don't say their name because it's not fair to them to say their name. Go ahead. I thought you said you wanted to say I did, but, you know, I got to thinking about it's not fair to them. Go ahead. Okay. Just following instructions. (laughs) Okay. So it was late night at the bar, and the food had all been put away at, like, 10 o'clock. And this really drunk, obnoxious girl came in at about 12.30, and she was demanding chips and salsa. And I told her that the kitchen was closed, didn't have any food, and she just kept asking me to get it. And when I brought her drinks back, she said, if I could find something in the restaurant, there might be a tip in it for me. And I was particularly moody that night, I guess. Only thing I've ever done when I served food. But I went downstairs to the kitchen in the bus station by the dishes and the dishwasher. And I got all the chips from all the leftover tables from all night long and all the salsas, and I combined them all together, and I served them to her. 
and she hit me. <laughs> but there were ashes, there were... Oh! <laughs> and she deserved it. Wow. wow. And what's yeah, the one you the saw? One okay, I won't say the name of the restaurant, but it was 1995, and it was early in the morning. And we hosted a group of mentally disabled adults that would come in and, like, do job training and things like that. So they would set our tables for us. And I got up to use the restroom, and the kitchen was empty except for one guy, and he was back there at that same dirty bus stand right before the dishwasher, and he was drinking all the leftover Coke, loved Coke, and they were from the night before, and then eating food off the plate from the night before. Ooh. Yeah, that was pretty gross. I don't know that that's that bad. You know, I have to tell you something. I think that we are obsessed over cleanliness in areas where it's not as important. Now, I know people are going to go, oh, Michael, you can get... You know where I think this comes from? I think this comes from the the fact that the cleaning supply companies, you know, no other country has the cleaning supply industry we do. The termite industry, the cleaning supply, the medical. So they, they come on the air and they just scare the bejesus out of people. You're going to die. All that food's going to cause you to die. And it's not really true. I'll tell you one of the great injustices in this country. I have friends who own restaurants, and they say, you know, at the end of the night, we have we have things that were not eaten, were not touched. They're perfectly clean. For three more hours, they're perfectly edible. We would love to package those up and make a plate out of it and send it over to the shelters. We'd love to feed those people. We could do it every night. We'd be willing to do it. We'd deliver it, but they won't let us. We'd love to bring it to homeless people. To at least know they got a hot meal. We got hot food. But the food regulations prevent us from doing that. Great example. Let me ask you what's the logic of this. We would rather someone starve than have food that may not be perfect. Because that's what we're doing. It's We don't let people live in a house that is not perfect. So we'd rather you be homeless then live in a house that doesn't quite meet the standards that you and I would like. We'd rather you live under a bridge and get raped and mugged. How can this make sense? How can we should be smarter than this, right? Danny, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Well, Michael, it was back in 2004. I worked for a steakhouse on the north side of Houston, and uh, it wasn't my table, but I, the waiter that did this was a particularly uh, feisty guy, shall we say. And uh, the, the table must have said something to him. But I observed him take his steak, and there was a little bathroom that was in the kitchen, and he actually took the steak and rubbed it around the interior of the toilet bowl oh. and served it to the guest. Oh. Oh. You know, every year or two, there will be a story about hep C being is it C one of the heps I get the grades mixed up but one of them being transmitted and it'll be from a restaurant what's that yeah it's all bungho and what happens is some guy wipes his bungholio and then goes out and waits table he I mean obviously he didn't mean to do it but it's the poo to mouth that gets you every time every time gets them every time does it they just no way around it Wayne, you're on the Michael Berry Show. What's the gross thing you saw in a restaurant kitchen? 
Michael, good afternoon. Uh, I don't know if I can top that one with a toilet bowl. It was something similar pretty, to that. But, pretty uh, good right there. Yeah, it was real good. Short and sweet, uh, 1980, one, two, three. Worked a little Italian restaurant in South Florida. And uh, we didn't have AC like everybody does nowadays in the kitchen. But uh, the last thing what I learned, if, if I didn't learn one thing, you don't piss the cook off at 10 minutes to closing for that reason. Two things. One quick one, guy came in late at night, you know, five minutes, ten minutes to close, wanted a steak. Of course, he drops it on the floor and has to mop up all the bleach with it before he throws it on the grill. Mm. But the uh, the other one was the, the, the owner's son. He had a The owner had a, a pet kid that worked for him. It was his friend's son, couldn't fire him kind of kid. And he'd sit there in food prep and he'd cut the eggplant and batter it. And he'd always take his feet and he'd... <laughs> He'd stomp on the eggplant so this night the word Nike would show up in the eggplant and, he, and he'd grin real big before he deep fried it. So everybody that that if they asked for the eggplant dry and you didn't get sauce and cheese on it, the word Nike was staring at you, but you probably didn't know what you were looking at. <laughs> That's pretty clever, Ramon. You got th- some of these people are very clever in their devious ways. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more. Michael Berry Show. Texas, he's on down to San Antonio. Get that barbecue and chili, eat my fill and come back home. I'm gonna take my baby with me. We're gonna have a high old time. We're gonna eat till we get silly. First job I had, Burger King. <laughs> I'll come up there, man. <laughs> My brother got me the job, too. My brother got me the job. Mm-hmm. He was the manager. <laughs> and he got me the job. you think that would be cool, you know? Because he's my bro. But he was a <laughs> <laughs> He thought he was the Burger King, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he would put me on drive-thru every night. Why do people insist on yelling at the drive-thru? You know, it's modern technology. I'd be there with my little headset. Hi, welcome to Burger King. May I take your order? <laughs> Sir, open the onion. Watch Excuse me, Chewbacca? Uh, I'm bleeding from the ears here, Pacino. Let's calm down. All right, we're dealing with food, not missiles here, Governor. Now drive around. have had people yell it was when people didn't talk loud enough that drove me crazy you know 10 cars out there i'd be like hi ma'am may i take your order ma'am hello can i help you You want some pickles. <laughs> We're talking after the Golden Corral story yesterday. One Golden Corral, mind you. So we can't say the whole company is terrible. But after the Golden Corral story where 
a disgruntled employee. And you know the worst part is from a restaurant's perspective, what if the employee planted that? They end up firing the manager. What if the employee planted the food and and videos it out in the heat next to the dumpster? You know, there are some devious people out there to get a paycheck and say, well, see, they fired me because I exposed the fact that they were putting the food there. Well, it may not have been. In any case, your stories of the gross stuff you've seen in kitchens over the years. Burrell, you're on the Michael Berry Show. It's Burrell. Hey, Burrell. Uh, Michael, how you doing? I'm good. Listen, Burrell. now, first of all, I, I want to tell you that... Like Burrell uh, Ives. I, exactly right. And listen, let me tell you, I, I really... Uh, I worked for Aramark for, for a couple of years. Worked just uh, at uh, Minute Maid Park. And we used to do banquets there. And I'll tell you what, man. We, we would throw away so much food. Just, just throw it away. Because we couldn't give it away. And one of the problems was we, the Star of Hope is right next to Minute Maid Park. And, you know, I told them, I said, hey, let's, let's take it over there. And they said, no, no, we can't because lawsuits. They were worried about lawsuits. They were worried about homeless folks getting sick off the food and then suing. So it's, it's just ridiculous. Well, and there again, there is the death of common sense. And what are the consequences? Not just aggravation. How many people, I mean, if we really care about feeding people, do you know that in the city of Houston, the mayor in the city of Houston prohibited people from feeding the homeless? And she's a... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Democrat. Had that been a Republican, they would have run him out on a rail. He would have been the most evil, horrible... But since she's a Democrat and she wants to recycle everything, she wants to recycle everything except the things that are useful, like food. Think about that. Robert, you're on a Michael Berry show. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I worked over here in the Woodlands area at a restaurant here in uh, 2008, and they had a backup in the plumbing system in the kitchen. And they had the, all the cooks standing on pots and pans still serving food. So me and a couple guys got in the back, and we called the health inspector and had them come out real quick. So then they shut down. They only, could only, uh, they could only serve dessert for the rest of the afternoon. We are hoping to get off a little early because, you know, kind of slowed down business a little bit. <laughs> so they were yeah. standing, and you're killing me. Got it? Drew, dude drops an SH bomb on us. Just right there in the middle. Just right there in the middle. A cheeseburger with no ketchup. And I'll also have uh, uh, a chicken sandwich uh, with no tomato and uh, uh, with extra mayonnaise. Uh, and some onion rings with no salt. And shut up. <laughs> I also want a large orange soda with no ice and a... Uh, Shut up. 
Go away. <laughs> Did you get all that? Uh, we're like, uh, clothed or something. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Customer suck. I once made a joke about Cracker Barrel. And little did I know that approximately 97% of our listening audience loves Cracker Barrel. I don't mind Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel was just always the thing that my parents wanted to stop at. And we're out on a driving trip. Still to this day, we meet halfway between Orange and Houston at the Cracker Barrel. And I played a clip, and I got so much hate mail that I have come to the conclusion now that I, before I play this, I have to tell you, I love the Cracker Barrel. I love going down south to eat, man. Down south, they have some good restaurants like this Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Oh, down south, man, they're like, oh, we're going to take you to the barrel, Timbo. We're going to treat you right at the barrel. Y'all have Cracker Barrel here. It's not that great, is it? No, it's not. It's like you're eating at a garage sale, for crying out loud. There's stuff hanging all over the walls. Rusty farm equipment over your head. Hey, can we get a table not directly under the horse castrator? It's a thin thread right there. I need some more golf tees for this triangular game. I'm trying All six left. I'm a Nick The Cracker Barrel. They, got om they don't have omelets at the Cracker Barrel. Supposed to be this breakfast place. I'm like, y'all ain't got no omelet. No, we ain't got no omelet. That was my waitress. We ain't got no omelet. She wasn't even chewing gum. I don't know what. Like, you ain't got omelets now. What you see is what you get. Y'all got some eggs? Yeah, we got eggs. You got some peppers and sausage and mushrooms? Yeah. You think you can think outside the box for a little bit, Aaron? Sure, we can work something out here, Kitty. Draw you a schematic if I have to. All right. I love southern waitresses at the Cracker Barrel, man. It's like, I'm just trying to order food. I don't know what she's talking about. You know? I'm like, how are the biscuits and gravy? Oh, they make you want to slap your mama. <laughs> then I don't think I'm going to get the biscuits and gravy. Oh, yeah! The Michael Berry Show. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Have you seen those signs in Walmart? The express lane? It says express lane, 15 item limit. All right, fair enough. 15 or fewer items. I can go through this line. Otherwise, i got to go through the regular line. There's one line for people just kind of a convenience store line. Get in and get out. Fair enough. Express lane, 15 item limit. Then underneath it, it says 15 is this many. This is in all caps. And there are three hands painted like, like they've, they've painted them on there. Oh, that's how many 15 is? There aren't children checking out. That's for adults. That's what we're dealing with. We're told we need to deal with some of our fellow adults who get to vote, mind you. 
far be it from us to require that they prove they can. That's the kind of people we're dealing with. That's the kind of people voting for Barack Obama. You think you're ever going to reason with these people? So now Broward County, where Sanford, uh, Florida is, where they know they're going to have riots because you're not going to convict George Zimmerman. Now the sheriff, because the, the local police can't aren't going to be able to handle this, the sheriff's department has created a video, a don't riot video. All right, look, if he gets off, please don't riot. Let's see. I wonder who the core demo, I wonder who the target demo of this video is. Raise your voice. And not your hands. We need to stand together as one. No cuffs, no guns. Let's give Biden's arrest because we can easily end up arrested. I know your patience will be tested, but, but law, law enforcement has your back. back. Let's back up and choose not to act up and deputies are with us, so no need to act up. Let it roll off your shoulders. It's water off your back. Don't lack composure because in one instance it could be over. So, so let's make the, the choice to raise your voice and not your, your hands. hands. I'm sure Scott Israel and law enforcement does have your back. You know what that means, right? They have your back. That's code word. I have the president's back, and it's left up to us as African-Americans to show that we have his back also. Join African-Americans for President Obama today. The copy in the ad, it's a Hispanic teenage girl and a black teenage boy. She says, raise your voice. And he says, and not your hands. We need to stand together as one. No cuffs, no guns. Let's give violence a rest because we can easily end up arrested. I know your patience will be tested, but law enforcement has your back. Let's back up and choose not to act up. And deputies are with us, so no need to act up. Let it roll off your shoulders. It's water off your back. Don't lack composure, because in one instant it could be over. So let's make the choice to raise your voice and not your hands. And then the sheriff says, we have your back. Now, in communities where if someone kills someone else and you tell the police so that the family of the victims can have some peace and justice can be done, if you do that, you're considered a snitch, and you know snitches get stitches. The community will not support you. That's what we're dealing with. We can all pretend we're all created equally. We're all equal. We all have the same rights, the same values, but we don't. And this is a great example. We are dealing with people who cannot behave as adults in a civilized society. We're dealing with people who do not work, who do not follow. With, you know, let me give you a good example. We posted a video last week, and I was surprised by the response. A lot of you got very upset, and if you went on our Facebook page, but I'll tell you what happened anyway. There are some officers who are going into a house to make an arrest. A bunch of police cars have pulled up, and there are two officers standing outside just kind of making sure that out on the street things stay calm. Two white dudes are filming, and they're filming this whole thing, and there are the two white cops. They're standing outside. This black dude pulls up. Gets out of his car. He's got a pit bull on a leash. He starts walking around, jawboning at the cops, getting more and more aggressive with the cops. Where are the black officers at? Why you ain't got no black officers? We need some black officers in the neighborhood. Clearly antagonizing the officers. 
He keeps doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And at some point, he said something to set him off. It's not clear what he said. So this is a guy. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't go up and taunt police officers who are standing outside a scene trying to keep the, the crowd calm. I don't know about you. They weren't arresting anyone. They, they weren't doing anything other than standing there. He goes up with his pit bull and taunts them repeatedly for probably a good five minutes. Finally, I don't know what he did. They go to arrest him. They get him arrested. They go put the dog back in the car. They don't leave the dog out, stray. Well, the dog's very protective of its owner, even though its owner's a thug. Windows are down in the car because, you know, he'd drive around the neighborhood, probably got to have his music in his little bitty tiny car. Pitbull jumps out. They're very defensive of their owners and goes rushing up to the cops. They try to hold him back, hold him back. Then the pit bull attacks. Looks like he gets a bite in and comes off, and he's coming back another time, and one of them puts a bullet in him. They put him down just enough to make him stop attacking. And the video has gone viral because all these people say, they killed his dog. Put yourself into the shoes of the police officer. You're doing your job, which is to stand out in the street, make sure not very many people mingling, make sure nothing happens while the investigation is going on inside a house. Dude walks up who has no business in this case. He just lives in a hood. And he starts jawboning. At some point, you arrest him. You are polite about putting his dog back in the car. Then the dog comes out of the car and comes and attacks you. Are you supposed to let the dog severely injure you? At some point, you defend yourself. Now, to use the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman logic that we're, we're told we're supposed to use, Why'd the guy go get in the cop's face? Who does that? Now, we can sort out whether the cops were right or wrong. But people like that always find themselves in situations where they're getting beat by the police or they've injured a police officer. Somebody gets shot, a dog gets shot. Do you know why? Because they go and create problems. And what ensues is somebody getting hurt. Them, a cop, something. Shots fired, innocent person walking by gets hit. Because they're the kind of person that lives for the drama. The kind of person that walks up there that wants to be Mr. Bad Guy. I'm going to tell you something, dude. I don't care how bad your pit bull is. You're not going to go up on two officers that have done nothing wrong and win that. You're just not going to win it. And I'm betting it's not the first bad decision you've made in your life. So then everybody's down on those cops, and I'm sure the cops lost a couple days from work, and there's probably a trial over the whole thing and cruelty to animals. And then you go back to the basic premise. Why did you go up and jawbone the cops? The kind of people who go up and jawbone the cops are the kind of people that always find themselves the victims of supposed police brutality. Might I remind you, Rodney King wasn't exactly out for a Sunday drive. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cabbage and beans. It was the biggest crowd you ever did see. And when old man Cucumber struck up that number, well, you should have heard them vegetables scream. Oh, the little turn of top was doing the backwards flop. The cabbage shook the shimmy and This is a little Steve Goodman stop. for you. Steve Goodman wrote that song. A friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song. All his food, all his talk about food. You ever see that scene in Portlandia? Because in Portland, they get real, the Portlandia people, not our listeners, but the goofballs, they get real into how organic their organic chicken is. If you have any questions about the menu, please let me know. I guess I do have a question about the chicken. If you could just tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, the chicken is a heritage breed, uh, woodland-raised chicken that's been fed a diet of sheep's milk, soy, and hazelnuts. Okay, this is, this is local? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to ask you just one more time, and it's local. It is. Is that USDA organic or Oregon organic or Portland organic? It's just all across the board, organic. The hazelnuts, these are local? How big is the area where the chickens are able to roam free? I'm sorry to interrupt. I have exactly the same question. Four acres. Mm-hmm. Give me just a second. I'll be right back, okay? Okay. okay. There is uh, an article I read on the earlier show about people, see, people that live in urban environments, white liberals, not blacks, this is a white liberal thing, they think they're better than the people who live out in the country. But their latest trend is they all want to create a little bitty tiny farm on about 100 square feet in their backyard. Yeah, yeah. That makes them good people. They want a little bitty farm. Or maybe, maybe one block in the town can be set aside and they can all go there and dig in the dirt. Oh, it'll be so bright. They'll go there with their pail. Maybe they'll ride their bicycle. And it'll always be one of them granny bicycles with a basket on the front. They'll have a straw hat, and they'll have all their implements, and they'll go and dig in the dirt, and everything will be great. They'll come home and get in their Prius and go to their coffee shop, and everything will be great. Well, one of these things, one of the things these people start doing is they want to have little gardens. It'll be tiny gardens in the city, and they want to have things like chickens because that's sustainable. So there was an article about the fact that these people are buying backyard chickens because it's sustainable, except then they realize it's actually work. So then they get bored of the chickens. So what do you do with the chicken when you get bored? You can't just eat it because that'd be mean. So they're giving them over. Are you ready for this? They're dumping them in a shelter for abandoned backyard chickens. I'm not kidding. There are three of them in the country. Three Big shelters for abandoned backyard chickens. Yeah, because hens can only lay for so long. And then what do you do? So they give them up. But you can't just eat her. So they're giving them up to a sanctuary, a shelter for abandoned chickens. But here's what's best. The article shows the woman who owns the shelter. She's petting one of the chickens. And she hopes to give the chicken away. She hopes to find a home to the chicken. That's the kind of people you're dealing with.
that's the kind of people you're dealing with. I don't do this very often. I'm going to do it now. In about five minutes, I will have this posted. Somebody sent me a video of a guy. It's him and his wife and their two kids. And they pulled up to this parking lot in a probably F-250. And their truck is idling. He's not revving the gas. Their truck's just idling. So the air conditioning can go because they have a child inside that's asleep. It's probably one of those uh, uh, park and ride things or whatever. There's another woman in a Prius. There are two Priuses there, so they must be somewhere in Portland. And this fat, ugly, no-makeup-wearing, skank, libtard woman comes marching over and proceeds to cuss out this grown man in front of his children that his truck is idling and he is therefore polluting the earth. Have you seen this, Ramon? Now, what he ought to have done is knocked her off her ass. He says, ma'am, please stop cursing in front of my child, to which she says, F you. She proceeds to put her finger in his face and lecture him on how stupid he is because he drives such a big truck. She asks him what he does for a living. She berates this man, and he records her. And the sad part is we have grown into a society where the worst thing somebody can do is film that person and put it up for others to see. Would you ever go up to somebody as a woman and berate a grown man in his truck in front of his cu- in front of his family and cuss him out? Then the guy goes. To, then the woman goes to the man's wife who was outside the truck playing with their other child on the back of the truck, cussing her out while she's looking into her child's eyes, cussing her out in the most aggressive manner. I'm telling you, folks, this will be the most forwarded item. I don't tell you to go to the Facebook page often. You can go there if you want to. But when you see this, I want you to see in this three-minute video, I want you to see the face of liberalism exactly as it is. Angry people who are out to control you, and they will so aggressively come up and accuse you of the worst crime against humanity because your truck is idling. You have a big truck, in their opinion, it's too big which makes you stupid and horrible and backward and cuss you out in front of your family because you don't understand. Their cause is so just. They are so righteous and you are so evil that they can literally do what they can suspend the laws of reality, the laws of civilized society, because you are so bad. And you are you are doing harm. It's environmentalism in this case, but the next one, it's race. It's on and on and on. This is what we're up against. And you know the worst part? If I'm a betting man, I'm going to go with their side, not ours. Because they so believe what they're doing, they are so zealous about it that they're not going to lose. It's clear this woman lives with 58 cats. And her cat and her and her Prius, she's not going to lose. This is all she cares about. She doesn't have a family, she doesn't have kids, she doesn't have a life. She's got nothing to lose. She is so passionate about whatever cause she's come up with this week that she's going to fight till she wins. And most of us will go, "Hey, I don't want to fight you, lady. Go, I'll turn it off and make you happy. I'll turn it off." When you see 
that level of a that's a chihuahua attacking a rottweiler a woman attacking a man in such an abusive manner for having a big truck that's idling it'll be posted here in just a minute i want you to check it out it will blow your mind blow your mind davy you're on the michael berry show davy and baton rouge go ahead my man it's an honor to speak with you, Michael. I got a story that cannot be topped about the grossest thing that ever happened in a restaurant. Fire. I was 17. I was working overnight. I had We had a convicted uh, felon that worked at the, the place I was working at. He was giving a guy his food at 2 o'clock in the morning. He wasn't satisfied. There wasn't enough mayonnaise on the burger. He slams it on the counter, cusses him out, throws the french fries, throws the drink at him, everything. Guy's covered in soda. He goes in the back. He's going to recook the burger. He comes back out, gives it to him, and he said, I quit. But before I quit, I want to let you know that I just inseminated that guy's burger. I just what? Inseminated. <laughs> Do you remember, what's the movie, The Help? Remember where she makes a poop pie? Man, that is the best scene because she waits till she's eating it. And her mom, wasn't her mom, uh, what's that woman's name? Sa- uh, Sally Field? Wasn't she the mom? And she actually thought it was a good idea that she did, or was she not? No? That's a good scene. She made that poop pie. Was it really a poop pie? I don't think it really was, was it? I think she just told her it was because she loved her pie and sat down there and ate that pie. Oh, that was a good scene. That's a fine scene. One of the finest scenes of a movie of all time. Yes, it was. It was. It was a great scene. Ramon, I'm going to get carried away. All right. Give me just a second. I'm going to post that to my Facebook page. If you're going to go to my Facebook page one time this year, I want you to see this video and please share it with everybody you know. Because I want people to see what we're up against and understand what we're fighting. The Michael Berry Show. We have a little audio clip of the video I want you to see. And I cannot overstate the importance, folks. I want people to see the face, the passion, the meanness the vacuousness of liberals. See, a lot of people think the Democrat Party is blacks. It's not. That's the votes. The driving force behind the Democrat Party is white liberals. And that is at heart what Barack is. Barack is not the people in the streets protesting. He is the white liberal with the bullhorn screaming to the people in the streets. He is the Saul Alinsky. He is the angry, you can't drive your truck. This is the man who told the people of Africa last week, you know, one day y'all are going to own a car, want to own a car and have a house and have air conditioning in the tropical heat, mind you. Sub-Saharan heat that if they had air conditioning, the world would boil over. This is the voice. This is what we're dealing with. This woman gets out of her hybrid, her uh, Prius, and comes over to this guy. His crime, 80 feet away from her, is that he and his family are sitting in his truck with their air, with the car, with the truck idling, and she's convinced that's destroying the earth, so she proceeds to cuss them out. I came over here because it was quiet, because there was nobody here. And you come up here with your gas guzzling piece of and the exhaust is spewing everywhere. Hey, and don't you swear in front of my daughter. 
Get out. Hey. You're get out. Here. You're get out. out. Cheryl. I'm yes. just asking you to be pleasant and courteous, and you guys aren't willing to. That's all I'm I backed up. For. I backed up. Where's your exhaust pipe? The wind is blowing in this direction. There will be Why windows. Why is the damn car on? Because my daughter is in here, and I Let get the air. Let your windows down. What's the matter with you? you got to make that much pollution. Is it your right to make that much pollution with this damn car anyway? And then you got to sit in a parking lot. you got to sit in a parking lot. With the car going, and you're laughing because you're mindless and you're ignorant because you have no care about anybody else but yourself. It's what do you, irresponsible. And I'm irresponsible. Sick to death of it. I'm oh. sick to death. Okay, then you, like you mindless, ignorant, irresponsible, and inconsiderate. Okay. And you got two kids, and now you're going to train them to be the same way. Not She's clearly childless, and she says, "And you got two kids, and clearly you're going to." You're gonna sh- you're gonna raise them to be the same way. She has come up and accosted this family. You know there would have been a time that you go- you go up and accost people like that, start cussing them out and calling them horrible things in front of their kids. They'd beat you to a pulp, and a jury would go, "Yep, that's what you get, lady. Keep your nose out of the man's business." But today, he's actually having a- he's having to argue. That ruins your afternoon. You've done nothing wrong. That's what we're dealing with, folks. I posted the full video at our at our on our Facebook page. You can find it. Blow your mind. But you need to see it and you need to share it because this is what we're dealing with. Oh, and by the way, did you notice that she didn't come up and say, I'm a horrible person that's about to cuss out your family? Did you know what she did? Do you notice what she did? I'm asking you to be nice. Oh, <laughs> me doing what you want is being nice. They always couch it in the right words. I give them credit for that. Susan in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Beautiful Cheyenne, Wyoming. What's up, Susan? Well, I just want you to know that we are not all like that. Who is we? Who is we? Well, people who care about the environment and the food that we eat. Most of them. We are are. not all like that. No, we are not. Y'all are angry and you want to control the rest of us. I am not angry, and I don't want to control the rest of you. I do care about what I put in my body and my family. Okay. I care about my environment, mm. but the people that I when you say your environment, with, you mean the plot of land you live on. The plot of land I live on. That's my all you neighbors, care about. My friends, my family, the people that I go to church with. Mm. We aren't like that. We care about the foods that we eat. For instance, we don't want to eat beef that has bovine growth hormone in it. Well, or like the, a, or the like... full of antibiotics. We don't want that. We want something grass-fed that's natural. Just because we grow our own vegetables in our garden and we don't use Roundup that has glyphosate doesn't well, I, mean I don't have that problem we're with all angry that. or irritable or anything like that. But I feel like you're taking one person and saying that we're all like that, and that is not true. Now, hold on a minute. We aren't. Do you want to limit what vehicles people can drive? Absolutely not. I have, I drive an SUV. My my husband drives a Dodge Caravan. We have a truck that sits in our driveway when we need to haul things. How come him to drive we're, a Dodge we're, Caravan? We're gun owners, but we also care about this planet. God gave us responsibilities for this planet, Michael. He gave us a responsibility not to kill ourselves with poison foods, not to, not to, 
to purposely litter, you know, plastic bottles and things like that. Do you have any I cats? I do believe we have a responsibility, but it's also your right. If you want to eat that toxic beef or chicken that has the arsenic in it, if, if you want to eat farm-raised salmon, Oh, well, see, I don't have disagree. I don't have a disagreement not, with you on I'm that. I'm not going to throw my. No, no, no. You're, you're gonna, let me ask you this: Did you vote okay, for Barack okay. Obama? I oh, goodness no, goodness no, well, never. Then you're not a liberal. Never. Okay. Who did you I, vote for? I uh, of course I voted for Mitt Romney. But you're dying. You're dying. You're dying for Hillary to run. No, no, I'm not. Oh well, then you're not Absolutely. a liberal, sweetheart. You and I actually however, agree. Hey, look, good however, clean foods. I'm okay with that. Clean food, pasture-raised chickens. Oh, sweet pea, you and I don't disagree. I don't want crappy production food, but I also understand that for all the criticism of the Monsantos, for instance, that there have been a number of the things that you consider to be terrible for food, and I get that, they're not optimal, but they're also means by which you can produce in mass quantities foods to feed a lot of people at a much lower cost. And there are corners that have to be caught, uh, uh, cut. Now, you're saying, and let's be honest, Susan, you have more money than the average person, and that's fine. You can choose organic. You can choose a grass-fed beef. You can choose a non-production uh, uh, steak or, or chicken. You can choose a lot of things, but the average person can't. I mean, people hate Burger King and McDonald's and Jack in the Box. I got that. But they provide cheap meals, and the number one reason people are at fast food restaurants is because it's cheap, and they're on a budget. So all I'm saying is don't judge them, and we won't judge you. But, sweetheart, you're not a liberal. Here we go. Y'all want to know what I imagine that woman looks like? Hold on. Let's listen to this song first. I'll tell you what exactly what she looks like. I can always tell I'll tell you what that woman, that woman that just called from Cheyenne looks like. She wears riding boots up just below the bottom of the knee. Those brown, you know those riding boots? She wears those pants. I don't know what you call them, like riding pants that she tuck in. She wears those. She wears, uh, she's had a, a nice classy boob job. Nails perfectly done. French nails are classy red. Long, she has classical good looks with the touch of of cosmetic surgery, not too much, not the, you know, they went and got a whole, um, like a big old sausage and put it in their lips. No, no, just just a slight touch. It took the crow's feet away. Just 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 enough that you wonder, did she or didn't she? But you never thinking to yourself, ah, step away from the knife. Nails always perfectly done, perfect. If not perfectly done, then unpainted but classy and short. And um. She's the kind of woman that when she's out at the farm, because you know they got a farm, husband's an oil and gas executive, guaranteed, rich, rich, rich. And 
she's just kind of socially conscious. She does not bother me. And I will tell you why. Because I did not suspect a hint of control of other people there. Look, I don't care if you want to go smoke pot or eat cheeseburgers all day or eat organic foods. Just don't require me to do it. Now I'll make a joke about you. But just don't expect anybody else to do it. And I don't sense that she does. I also, did I mention I think she's very attractive? I, I think I think she's she's a skinny little thing, like real fit, well taken care of, well well kept, I think is the term. And she looks very classy. How old is she? I'm going to say she's 55 and looks 42. She could actually be much older. She said Michael in a sense that she's old enough to be my mother. So she could be as young as 52. She could be up to 64, but if she's 64, she probably looks 48. Blonde. She probably has a blonde. No, not fake, but she's kind of let the blonde go. And she looks just as good when she's out, you know, feeding the horses as she does in a cocktail. In fact, she probably looks better because she has um, farmer chic. She wears farmer chic, which I find to be very attractive, which is, uh, as I mentioned, the, the riding boots. Did I mention that I like the riding boots and the pants tucked into the riding boots? And the shirt, and the shirt should be kind of uh, tied up, kind of at the belly, but just a, just a t- just a hint of just a hint of belly. Sure. Uh, I don't know Janine Turner. Apparently, neither does anyone else. Um, just a little bit of tan, just a tad bit of tan, not a lot, just a tad, not overdone, never sunburned, classy, and just just a basic little lip gloss, classy. I'm trying to think. There was a woman on. Uh, on Dallas, it had that look. You gotta understand. I grew up. I came of age in the seventies and early eighties, so a lot of these new trends, I can take them or leave them. Like the whole commando thing, that's fine for you young kids, but for me, you gotta understand. As a kid, I grew up, you know, reading Penthouse and and all that stuff. So I don't mind an old fashioned woman either. I was watching the cook, the thief, his wife and her lover this weekend. You seen it? I brought it for you, Ramon. Have you seen it? Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I won't give it to you. I brought it for you today, as a matter of fact. And Helen Mirren was in that movie. And she was 41 back when that thing was made in 89. And that was that was kind of the end phase of where before women just went neurotic. You know, they got to work out and all. And she has the old school kind of traditional well-kept woman. Because 41 was a lot older than 89 it is today because surgeries and all that. And they had some boobs seen. She still had natural boobs. Well, they, they, they hung just right. And she was curvy, but there was a little bit of sag. I don't mind that, see? And the reason is I grew up in the era of the more sort of traditionally uh, natural look. So a woman can be mildly corpulent, and that doesn't bother me. Now, I'm not saying fat, just obese. I'm just saying everything doesn't have to be cut up and tucked if you have sort of a it's all in how they carry it. A confident woman. There's nothing I hate worse. You see a lot of these young women now, they'll be out on a date with their man, and they're going to the bathroom, and they're all nervous, and they're fidgety, and they're walking on their heels like they're... Relax. It's all in the stride, ladies. It's not really that important how how physically beautiful you are. I mean, yes, it's nice. You know, Beyonce's got 25 pounds on any other woman, and I'd kick them others out of bed for her any day. I mean that in a classy way. Which, by the way, congratulations to my friend Matthew Knowles. He just got married. 
Yes, indeed. He just got married. I'm very happy for him, and he seems to be very happy. Beyonce's dead. You you dinging Beyonce or Matthew? Matthew deserves a ding. Matthew Matthew deserves a ding. When Beyonce was nine years old, he quit his job, moved into a little rat hole apartment, and made it happen for her. She wouldn't be where she is if he hadn't taken a chance in his career. Yes, I've met Beyonce. You know that. We've hung. Kevin, what's up? Hey, man. Good. How are you? Good. Hey, I, I agree with what you say about that last lady. She's not a liberal. She just thinks she is. No. Hey, hey, I wanted to back you up a little bit on that video you were talking about, uh, about the dog, uh-huh. the dog that got shot. Uh-huh. Man, me and you must have watched a different video because I, I watched it three, four times. I showed it to my family. It's all over my Facebook page. I really didn't see that black guy doing anything different than the five or six other white people with their camera phones uh, taping anything. I didn't hear him talking out loud. I didn't hear his music playing loud. And, but, you didn't hear what he was saying? No, I, I couldn't hear it all. Now, I don't know if maybe my volume didn't go up high enough, but I... I He's I walking even... up and taunting them. We're the black, we're the black cops. We're the black cops. He's... See, that, that I didn't see, but I, I did see where they motioned to him and said, finally, you know, motioned and said, come here. And he put his dog in his car. Yeah. And then he went walking towards them, and they immediately just walked right up, grabbed him, and whipped him around. Uh, but but I really I, I don't how know, many maybe, minutes of the video have you seen? I want to say the whole video was like six minutes eight seconds that was on uh, the page that was shared with me that I watched. I'm you know what go on my Facebook page and scroll down. It was middle of last week. Well, I bet we had a thousand comments on that thing. People were on both sides of the of the issue. Sure. That guy is walking back and forth and walking up on them and taunting them as he points to them repeatedly. Now look, should they have should they have arrested him or not? We can discuss that. But I can guarantee you I wouldn't do that and you wouldn't do that and I guarantee you the guy pulls up, he's got an attitude toward those two cops because they're white. And if you listen carefully, he says, "Where the black cops at?" You okay, man, no black cops over here. Go back and listen and turn the volume up as loud as you can. The point is not whether they should have arrested him or not. I don't know what they arrested him for. They might have just been detaining him because they were worried he was creating a problem. He is clearly taunting the cops. Not, listen, I don't believe you ought to have to be under the cops' thumbs, but I also don't think you're very smart to go up to cops who are doing their jobs and start taunting them. And he clearly does that. The other people, as you said, the white people, are standing back and filming. He's getting up on them and going back and forth and taunting. That is just not very smart. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.